The Power 40 podcast is an uplifting faith-based podcast that speaks to all that's going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational real-life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, trial, and probation. We all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that make us who we are. As we depict periods of people's lives where 40 has played out, we learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. Today, I'm joined by University of Minnesota grad, former general assistant reporter for WISN, podcast host, podcast host and mental health advocate, Sarah Thamer. I am your host, Danica Tramberg. Sarah, thank you so much for talking with me today. I am thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me on, Danica. It's a pleasure. And you also host your own podcast called Stop Talking, which discusses ways to manage stress and trauma and journeys through your personal growth over the years. Um, What kind of made you start this? So that's a really good question. Um, I started this podcast sort of as a result of something really personal that I experienced. Um, I was uh, working as a news reporter for Milwaukee's ABC affiliate, WISN 12. Um, it was a phenomenal experience. I uh, did about two years there, but it got really tough for me. I started battling um, with some mental health, some anxiety and uh, PTSD. And I actually came forward on my social media And I talked a little bit about that Um, and the messages that came, you know, from that post, the DMs that I got were just so inspiring and really made me think like, wow, people are desperate for vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to sort of have my own platform and still be able to share stories and be the storyteller that I naturally am, Um, but also really talk about real things that, you know, you don't just get to talk about when you're working as a news reporter on air. And so um, I texted one of my friends, Sophie, who I went to school with, and she was all about it. And so it's, it's, it's been great. We've had six episodes so far that we've released, and it's been a huge success. So we're really excited about it. That's so amazing. But, you know, getting that news, too, that you spoke of, I, I'd imagine that was kind of maybe something you kind of knew inside yourself already. So maybe it was a little bit of a relief just having someone say it out loud. But I mean, to you, what was it like getting that news? Yeah, that's a really good question. So like you said, I wasn't totally shocked. Um, I had a feeling that something was up. Um, You know, you know your body and you know yourself well, and you know when something just feels off and it's like on a consistent basis, right? It's not like you're just having a bad day or you just feel off some days and you just want to lay in bed like we all have those days. But it was so consistent that it felt like it was almost becoming a barrier between me and how well I was functioning on the job. And it really started to get in the way until it started to happen while like while I was working, having panic attacks in the car or needing to, you know, step away after a live shot and, you know, remind myself to just breathe because I felt like I couldn't catch a breath. It's almost like you're having a heart attack. It's a very scary feeling. And so it, it got to the point finally where I had no choice. I, I had to seek help. Um, And it's, you know, that's a hard thing to talk about, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's really easy to just smile on camera. And even just now as I'm talking to you and, and pretend like, you know, I'm this perfect person, and and clearly, we're just not. And so um, it, it, it was not shocking. 
but it really put a lot of things into perspective. I actually shared this on my first episode that it was almost a relief to hear from a medical professional that there's a reason why you feel this way. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, this isn't the end of it. Like there are solutions and it's going to get better if you, if you get the help that you need. And it's been great ever since. And it, it takes so much courage, I think, too, to tell others about your struggles. It's super easy to just share, you know, all the achievements and positive things that are going in your life. So I definitely yeah. commend you for that. And it makes you relatable and it makes, you know, others able to share their struggles in life. And I think stress, yeah, absolutely. I think stress, um, anxiety definitely can just kind of seep into all aspects of our life when we don't even don't even know it all the time. Um, so you know, whether, true. yeah, whether that be from work or your personal life, um, or honestly anything in between, what are some ways, um, or what are some of the effects of stress on your body and mental health? Have you felt? Yeah, that is so real because we don't realize how much our mental health impacts our physical health until it actually does. And so, um, like muscle aches, constant fatigue, migraines, feeling nauseous all the time, feeling like your stomach is just in knots. All of those are physical symptoms of anxiety, PTSD, even depression. And so um, I was definitely feeling the physical aspects of it big time. It also just messes with your immune system. I started noticing myself get more sick. Um, I have never in my entire life experienced eczema. And I know that that's like, it sounds really random to just say that. And I know a lot of people um, struggle with eczema. I just never have. And I started getting it on these just random spots in my body. And like, after having never experienced it, and I went to Mm -hmm. a doctor and she was like, this is stress. Like your body is literally telling you to stop. And so I started just dealing with these like weird, like side effects of it, things like on my body that were just showing up that were never there before. Um, And I saw like two different doctors during that time period. And both of them said to me, you know, have you considered like taking a break from what you're doing? Because it it sounds like that's what you need to do. And um, I was like, no, because in TV news, like you don't do that. And like, you know, no, it's like, you got to keep going. You got to hustle. You got to keep grinding. Like, I can't, I can't slow down my momentum. Like that's gonna, (laughs) you know, mess with my career. And honestly, like, I guess another reason for starting my podcast is to just tell people like, it's not gonna mess with your career. I don't know, like where we all fed into this idea that we have to kill ourselves for a job, but like your health matters. And so put that first so that you can succeed. It is so true. I I think sometimes we set these timelines and goals and, you know, kind of what society makes us think we need to do by a certain age or, or chasing our career. And sometimes that, you know, is just not right. And and everyone's journey is so different. Um, And I think for you, especially working in media, I imagine you were under, you know, tight deadlines and high pressure situations How do you feel like you managed that kind of stress and pressure? Right. I mean, see, like the deadlines and stuff, I always say you're kind of addicted to them because it's that adrenaline, like you almost just, it's weird. We're all just like damaged in a way (laughs) working in, in news because we do love the thrill of 
um, working towards something every single day, like, right, there's this cutoff and, and you have to be done at this particular time and go live. And mm-hmm. once you're on air, like nothing else matters. And that feeling is, is very rewarding. And it's, it's truly, it's the, the thrill of it is exciting, but, um, but right. As someone who deals with anxiety, the, the deadlines can obviously be anxiety inducing and not necessarily help with that because there's no time to just like meditate or breathe Mm -hmm. or whatever. So you do have to really be mindful of, um, when you're on the job, like what you're doing to help yourself. Um, but that I, you just have to do it. Right. Cause it's like, this has to make air. And so it was almost like just the, the thought that, I have no choice, like nothing else matters. This just has been, I think is probably ultimately what helped me. <laughs> like I didn't have really a lot of time yeah. to think about it. And I say this too, like there was just no time to really like go over how I was feeling during my work day. It was always after when I would go to bed and try to sleep and then it would all just hit me at once. That's when it was like the hardest. Did you find any coping mechanisms or ways you handle tough situations um, and kind of all of that onset of anxiety and stress that you were feeling? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exercise, like working out is um, a really big deal for me. It, it has helped me a lot in the past and it especially helps me now. Um, just finding little ways, like even if it's just making myself a cup of tea and, you know, like lighting and essential oils and just kind of having a relaxing evening to myself, all of these things have been helpful, but too, like having a really good support system, um, you know, friends and family and a partner who just understands and is there for you and loves you unconditionally. I mean, it, it could be anyone when you have a, a, a circle like that, that has been crucial for me. Um, but also too, seeking professional help is very important, you know, because while friends and family are great and can be there for you, you really do need to you know, professional help. And so um, I think that that has been something that has been very helpful for me as well. And just, you know, taking time to really uh, reflect and breathe. Um, Ultimately, I made a tough decision not to resign my contract. And um, I stepped away and I and I took a break and I made um, a lot of time to reflect and journal and podcast and just have really meaningful conversations with people. And I think that a lot of great things um, have manifested from doing that. I, one thing you mentioned is just that reflection. And I think in life that can be one of the hardest things to do and one of the most rewarding and important things to do as well. And, and it's hard to get away from the hustle and bustle of every day. Exactly. You know, going through the motions and, and you just right. get, yeah, you get caught up in a circle and then you keep repeating these, you know, bad habits or patterns and you never yeah. take time to actually heal from within. And that, it's so true. So important. Healing from within. Yes. And I love the idea of just so many of your episodes on your podcast, like speaking about the barriers that women face in media and mm-hmm. other high visibility work environments, um, as well as teaching, you know, other people new skills and strategies for supporting, you know, ourselves and other women are there, what are barriers you've uh, faced working in media? Yeah. And I mean, I know you could probably relate to this Danica too. Um, 
when you are a young woman, I think that you ultimately just feel like you have to constantly prove yourself and prove your talents and prove to the world that you're good enough, you're smart mm -hmm. enough, you're capable, you're right for the job. And, you know, you get hired, right? Because clearly you are good enough and mm -hmm. someone saw something in you and that's why you got the job. But as we all know, it doesn't stop there. Um, I think that, you know, I'll just be really frank and really honest. And I know that a lot of women in um, the media and news can relate to this is there, there is a lot of double standards that oftentimes we, we face um, just even when it comes to physical appearance, when it comes to our voice, how we sound, are we mm -hmm. too, are we too high pitch? Are we too soft? Are we too monotone? Are we, and I just think the critiques that we oftentimes get as women are just harsher. Mm -hmm. And I have been witness to that. And I have compared, you know, a, a lot of experiences, my own experiences to, my um, male colleagues and and it's just it's just not the same but pushing through and just focusing on your own purpose and your own goals and knowing um, that your work matters and that it is impactful and sort of being training yourself to mute the noise the things that don't matter the comments that don't really matter even if they're within which can sometimes be a lot harder than just like a viewer comment um, but yeah, I think just being a young woman in general, I think that that's a barrier in and of itself, especially when you're in a room full of people who have been doing it a lot longer than you. Um, you know, for the most part, people are great, but there's always going to be someone in the room who underestimates your ability simply because of the fact that you're young and mm -hmm. the fact that you're a woman, which is just unfortunate, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely I hope that answered it. Yeah, totally. I, I feel that um, on a personal level, too, as well. And I think, you know, that's probably where some anxiety stems from, too, I'm sure, is always mm -hmm. that pressure to uh, be your absolute best 100% of the time. And, yeah. you know, the constant stress to, you know, strive to do the most because you want to show right. your ability and capability to perform and, you know, be on and be able exactly. to communicate and do all those things. Exactly. Uh, I know you dive deeper into this too in one of your episodes, but I think it's so important to touch on. So often we take on the identity of a career and mm. that just becomes who we are, but I truly believe we're so much more than that. And how would you differentiate yourself from your career? I love this question so much. I think it's my favorite question so far because Oh my gosh, we just like, we base so much of our self-worth on our titles. Um, I think like whenever you're at an event or you're meeting someone for the first time or you're at a party, it's always the first question is, oh, what do you do? And it's like, yeah. you know, we, my friends and I, we've talked about this, like in other countries, that's not always the first question. It's, it's sometimes it's like, oh, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do for fun? You know, and I think we mm -hmm. do base a lot of our self-worth on our identity and what we do for a living. And so to me this year, it has been a huge wake up call because when so much of your identity is based on what you do for a living or your job, when you step away from that job, you are going to almost have an identity crisis. Like, 
well, what am I going to tell people now? Like, who am I now? Yeah. What's my title now? What do I put in my Instagram bio? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of these things. I think we're just so obsessed too with like how people perceive us. We don't even realize that our egos are, get in the way so much of just like living a happy, authentic life that all of what we're feeling really is just based in the ego. Mm -hmm. You want to have a fancy title because when it comes up in conversation, it's just easier to tell someone that you're cool. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I think, I think, you know, like even just telling people who ask like, Oh, what are you doing now? And just saying like, I'm, I'm figuring it out. I don't know. Like being even just comfortable with that. So I think to me, it's like, Focus on the things about yourself that are not tied to your job. Who are you when you're not working? Mm -hmm. What kind of an impact do you make in this world? And that doesn't have to, you know, most of us are going to leave this earth, not, you know, having this parade, like we're not heroes, but we do, we can, if we choose to on even just the people in our lives, our family, our friends, our coworkers, it's like who you are when no one's looking, right? Are you a kind person? Are you, are you a decent human being? Are you generous? Are you going out of your way to help people? Are you helping yourself? Like those are all things that make you who you are and what you do just happens to be your job. You don't take that with you. And so I've just really learned that a lot because, you know, when you're young and you, and you finally feel like you've made it at a point in your career that really, it influences your whole life and it becomes your whole identity. So how do you, sorry, that was so long winded. No, that was amazing. (laughs) Oh no, 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 no. I love it. Um, I think you brought up so many good things there. And one that I wanted to touch on was social media and how do you feel that affects someone's identity? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's right. It's like your highlight reel. It's Mm -hmm. when people click on your social media and we know this now too. It's like the aesthetic and do all your pictures have the same kind of lighting and how many followers do you have? And it's just like even like the no makeup selfies that like people actually are wearing makeup. It, there is a lot of um, filters on Instagram. And I don't even just mean like the Instagram filters. I mean like life filters. And I've been guilty of that. Like I didn't always post about, you know, my anxiety or the fact that like, you know, like basically it was you only post the great life announcements like mm-hmm. i got a great job i got married like i'm having a kid i'm traveling the world yeah. like i got this amazing promotion i almost just want to be like big news <laughs> i am dealing with my depression in a great way now <laughs> like yeah. you know it's like that's the big news it's i just think that we we are so obsessed with um, external validation. And I Mm -hmm. think that that is addicting. It's how many likes we're getting and and all of these things. Um, So absolutely. I mean, it, it, it impacts you a lot because when you get more likes and more comments and more messages and people are, you know, reacting with you, you don't feel as lonely. You feel like you're doing something great. Everybody's seeing it. They're clapping for you, but it's such a temporary fleeting feeling. When that goes away, like you just go right back to your, 
you know, yourself and, mm-hmm. and your thoughts and you can't escape that. And so just being really mindful about like how intentional are you being when you're posting? I'm doing a lot more of that. It's like, what's my intention mm-hmm. behind this post? Is it truly because I feel like it, and not every post has to be inspiring. Like I'm going to post sure. a mirror selfie at the gym and like, there's yeah. no intention. You feel good, it, right? Like hey. <laughs> you feel good, whatever. Like if you're feeling yourself, like you can post a selfie, who cares? But you know, just, just in general, like, are you posting that because you're seeking validation or are mm-hmm. you posting that because you really had a proud moment and maybe you're hoping to inspire others? Mm-hmm. I think too, social media can be a place that harbors a lot of comparison, Um, And I think for our generation and generations beneath us, you know, that really becomes something that, you know, it's like it gets internalized. And then you're thinking, I'm not doing this. I I don't look like that. And it leads to those, you know, mental illnesses like depression, anxiety, and all of those things, because you're constantly comparing Mm -hmm. yourself to something that's not even real. It's not attainable. It's not realistic. So true. It's, it's very, it's very, um, it's kind of, I mean, sad. Even the, right. It's, it's so sad. Actually, even the filters, like my sister and I were, um, messing around with the Instagram filters a couple of weeks ago when I was visiting back home and I'm like, Oh my God, I put this filter on my face and I'm like, my nose doesn't look like that. My lips don't look like that. My eyes don't, it changed my entire face. And it honestly didn't look that fake, which mm-hmm. is like the scariest thing. Cause I even had a moment of like, Oh, I kind of like this. Yeah. I'm like, wait a second. I don't even look like that. It's <laughs> it, very means, true. it means that I would rather look like something else. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's so sad. And I think about just, you know, younger girls and, and teenagers. And it's like, I didn't have Instagram when I was 12, but mm-hmm. every 12 year old girl that I know right now has an Instagram and that's, it's scary. It is scary. And Um, When it comes to kind of dealing with those issues, and you mentioned even seeking outside help besides your family or support group. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's sometimes I think a stigma around, um, you know, seeing a a therapist or someone who can guide you out of um, just all those emotions and things that you're going through. Uh, How do you kind of address that? Because, you know, it's unfortunate that there, there is kind of a little bit of a stigma behind it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, you're absolutely right. I think that we do associate um, seeing a therapist or even saying that you struggle with mental health as, as crazy or what's wrong with her or is she okay? She's stable. Mm -hmm. And that's why people don't get help. And that's why suicide rates are as high as they are. And that's why no one's talking about it. And that's why our social media pages are filled with filters and happy lives and traveling and not actually talking about the real stuff. Because when I went on Instagram and I said that I had anxiety and PTSD, I had messages from people who, if you were to go on their Instagram, you would never think that they were maybe dealing with the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it was, it was scary, like to, to go public and being someone who's like, you know, in the public eye, whatever that means it, it was. Cause I'm like, I am some pe- someone is actually going to look at that and be like, Oh, yikes. Like that was a little much. Um, but I'm, I just, how I deal with it is I'm just going to keep talking about it mm-hmm. because the only way that you can help 
you know, get, I don't know that you can ever really get rid of it, but the only way that you can, um, address that stigma is to just keep talking about it and raising more awareness and normalizing it and not making it seem like you're only crazy if you have to seek therapy. Mm -hmm. So true. We definitely need more people like you um, that are willing to be vulnerable and speak out and um, just be good examples for, you know, everyone else that is facing something hard in their life. Thank you. I mean, I've been inspired by so many others. So, you know, I, I, and it's still right. Like it's still a battle, even just finding the courage, like as often as I should to even like see a therapist. Right. Cause even I have the days where I'm like, I don't know, like, should I keep doing this? Like, yeah. is it really helping? Like, this is not an upward momentum. Like this is not an uphill journey. There are a Mm. lot of ups and downs and I'll probably have a down sometime in the near future, but it's, it's about how you come up from it. Right. So. Definitely. I think it's always, you know, looking at the positives in life and grateful for what you have and keep moving forward because you can't look at what's behind you. You just got to keep going. Exactly. Uh, as we close out today and reflect on the power of 40 in our lives, maybe trials we're going through or have overcome, we understand that in life we will continue to experience the good and bad that life throws our way. 40 also seems to be significant in regards to time. Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the wilderness. Uh, the great flood lasted 40 days and 40 nights. The Jewish people wandered the desert for 40 years. Sarah, if you had just 40 minutes to impact the world, where would you start and what would you say? That's a really good question. Um, You know, I think that a lot of us want to think of like this really big grand thing that we would do. Like I would say like, oh, I want to get rid of homelessness, but I know that I can't do that in 40 minutes as as much as I would love to. Um, I think we really underestimate the power of a kind word, a touch, um, the power of giving just, you know, giving what you have, whether that's um, if you have extra money and you know someone's in need, helping them out that way. Um, I actually, you know, in in speaking of faith, because you mentioned um, that line earlier, I I consider myself a a faithful, spiritual person. Um, I actually have a a Muslim background. And so that to me has also shaped who I am and, and my beliefs and my identity and giving back and just um, being the best version of, of myself, the woman that my parents raised me to be, which is to just speak kindness into the world and, and help people in need. And I think that that, that there's a really great effect. You know, I think that that could really help, um, impact the world in a great way. So true. Those random acts of kindness, even just smiling at someone you walk by, opening a door for someone, all those little easy, simple things can seriously make so much difference in someone's day, I believe. Yes. It was seriously so amazing talking to you today. And to listen to more of the Stop Talking podcast, visit stoptalkingpod.com. And for more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. Also stream the podcast on your preferred streaming service.